I mean, at this point, again, front squats, shoulder press, pendulum row, kettlebell squats, Bulgarian squats, a beginner is completely smoked at this point. Yeah, which takes us back to the initial conversation, which is this a beginner? This episode of the Fitness Fiasco Podcast is brought to you by Train 89. Are you looking for a top-notch fitness facility in Coconut Grove? Look no further than Train 89. At Train 89, we offer a wide range of services, including CrossFit classes, personal training, and nutrition coaching. Our experienced trainers will help you reach your fitness goals in a fun and supportive environment. We're also proud to offer online coaching for those who live outside of Miami. This means you can access our expert guidance no matter where you are. Train 89 has been in business since 2008, so you can trust that we have the experience and expertise to help you succeed. I have personally known the owners, Mike and Gio, since 2009, and know they fully invest in their members' success. They actually helped welcome me to Miami when I moved here in 2009 and played a large role in my personal development. There are stories there for another time. So visit us today at train89.com to learn more and sign up for a class. That's train, the number eight, then N-I-N-E.com. We can't wait to see you at Train 89. Eric, Mike. What's going on? How are we doing? Rock and roll. We ready to rock and roll? Let's knock this out early in the morning. Let's do it. So today we are going to be looking at a program. Um, the This program is, I think this one was what I have it on, on yours at the top. Total body, I believe. Or is it lower body? Total body. No, total, we body. To, total body. Total body. Perfect. So we're doing a total body program. And... This is, it's week one, day one, so we'll keep that in mind as we go through it. We're going to critique it from the warm-up all the way down to the cool-down. Talk about what's good, talk about what's bad, what I would improve. Um, I can say that there's a lot of stuff going on here that I like, that I'm interested in, and then there's a lot of stuff that we can work on. Yeah, so, so week one, day one, so these people probably just started a program or they're going into their next cycle. Correct, correct. Right. And I don't know if it's picking, I don't know if they have it where they're picking it up just randomly throughout, or if it right. is truly a, a week one, day one. Day one, got it. Okay. Uh, so we'll definitely keep that in mind. <clears throat> Very important. So our dynamic warm-up is going to be the first thing here. I think you did have the option of selecting a, a general warm-up for three minutes, cardio machine of choice, which all, you know, that's a great way to start is three to five minutes, just general movement, whether you are on a treadmill walking, whether you're jump roping, whether you're just skipping, General movement, great way to, to get going. And then our dynamic warm-up here, we have, have four exercises. Cat-cow, four-point thoracic rotation, world's greatest stretch, which is basically that lunge into trunk rotation, mm -hmm. and inchworm. All of these for 30 to, to 40 seconds each. And when I grade a warm-up, I'm looking at, at four things. Do we move in all directions? No, right? We did cat-cow. Thoracic rotation is just some T-spine rotation, a, a sagittal plane lunge with rotation, and then an inchworm against sagittal. Are we moving lateral? Are we moving backwards? Are we moving diagonally? No. So in terms of what I'm looking for in a warm-up on that, don't see it. There's some room for improvement. Are we working on problem areas? So what would be common problem areas with clients? Usually week one, day one, you're looking at forward shoulders, maybe some tight hip flexors or hamstrings. Are we stretching the hip flexors? Yeah, the world's greatest stretch does. The thoracic rotation is targeting a problem area with thoracic rotation. Cat-cow is starting to get the, the lower back and, and the cervical spine warmed up a bit. So there, the inchworms, we can say, is dynamic hamstring. So it's it's okay at addressing problem areas. I would like to see some more you know, dedicated lunge movements, really working on opening up the hip flexors, working on opening up the glutes in various, um, various movements. Is it going to prep us for our workout? Well, we'll come back to that to see what's in the workout. 
And then are you warm by the end of it? Right. So are you warm after three minutes on a treadmill? You're a little bit warm, but then are you more warm? Are you actually physiologically warm following 40 seconds of doing cat cows, T-spine rotation, holding a lunge stretch, and then some inchworms? Mm. Let, let's, uh, can I back you up for a second yeah, here? Let's, if you could tell the audience real quick, what's the, the importance of actually that first warm up, getting on a treadmill on a bike, blood flow, synovial fluid, raising your temperature? Yeah, I mean, all the above. basically a warm-up is designed to warm you up, right? It's one of the best names for something in fitness. Fitness has a lot of bad names. I think a warm-up is, is great because that is the benefit. Because when you are warmer, you're going to have enhanced metabolic reactions. So you're going to be more efficient. Like your cells are more efficient at producing energy. Your muscles are going to be ready to contract faster, more explosively. Muscles, like there is an, an, an activation component to it. Your muscles will be more ready to contract when they're supposed to. So it really is like you're getting your system primed to go. And if it is warmer, yeah. it will be better equipped to handling that. Yeah. And I push that because we have a lot of our members that just walk in, whether it's late or they're just lazy, they don't want to do the warm up and they want to get right back into, you know, thrusting 135 over their head. So. Correct. Right. Is there an injury risk without warming up? There's yeah. a lot of studies that say there aren't, but then anyone that actually has spent a significant time in the gym will know that if you warm up, you are more likely to not get like hurt, whether it's just a little niggle or naggle during that workout right. versus something, something worse. Definitely decrease the risk. And it's not a lot of time, three to five minutes. Yeah, right? absolutely. You don't, you don't need much. Like I said, general warm up. just move, walk at a high pace for three minutes and then three to four minutes of dynamic stretches in five to six minutes, you can be looking really good, right? Good. So what would I have here? Big fan of always using lunges, Romanian deadlifts, good mornings, push up with reaches, variations in, in my warmups just to open up the body, line drills, high knees, butt kicks, that sort of stuff. Yeah, dynamic stuff. Love it. I mean, then, so like we're on the, the warmup is on the right track. It's dynamic movement. Um, we're, we had a general warmup. We're moving in different directions a bit. We're, we're addressing problem areas, but it falls well short of, of what I would be expecting on a, on a high level. Okay. And then. It does say now here, one of the pros is that it gives you one minute rest between sections. So it actually doesn't just say now move on to the next set. It says rest for a minute. Now we're going to take a look at the next part. And our next part is here, three sets with one minute rest between sets of eight front squats and eight shoulder press. And so the goal of this program is strength, All right? We're getting one minute rest, eight front squats, eight shoulder press. The shoulder press is standing neutral grip with dumbbells. All right. So if our goal is strength, I'm thinking that generally you'd want to see a little bit more rest there. Like this is a tougher superset. But again, it is week one, day one, where you can say we're just trying to get some experience under the bar, under the dumbbells to, you know, lifting weights, doing these bilateral exercises. But in that, with that in mind, eight reps of front squat followed by eight reps of shoulder press. That's pretty tough. Yeah, for sure. Right. That's definitely pretty <clears> tough <throat> where if you're working on someone advanced, you definitely need more than one minute rest. And if you're working on someone who's beginner, that's just a, it's a tough superset to do. Yeah. Um, so I definitely think what I would do there is keep the front squats roughly where they are, but then the shoulder press, increase the reps, decrease the weight. Right. have them have it say eight front squats and then 12 to 15 shoulder press because that's going to force them to choose a lighter weight for the shoulder press and it's going to allow them to get more out of the front squats and then kind of push themselves a little bit differently on that shoulder press and it said it doesn't give you a rest between movements which yeah. is definitely going to limit the load that you're able to do on the shoulder press so don't try to like don't try to push something heavy if it's not going to happen so i'm saying like with zero rest before it yeah grab lighter dumbbells and then try to do as many as you can in that 15 range that's going to be a much more efficient superset in my opinion was there any sort of like explanation saying like hey 
you know, keep this in mind because I know to us it's going to be eight reps. We know it's going to be heavier. And you know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. So it, it says it says RPE when you're looking through the program, but it doesn't give you an RPE value and it doesn't explain what RPE is. Maybe it just wasn't showing on the app when I had it open. Like I was yeah. trying to figure out why it says RPE there and, and get some information on it. I, I didn't see anything on load recommendations. So just for the, again, for the audience, describe a little bit what RPE is and the number system that goes along with it. So RPE is rate of perceived exertion. It is, it's traditionally used for cardiovascular training where RPE is going to be between six to 20 on the Borg scale is going to be the most classic exercise physiology one where six is resting. 20 is the maximum intensity cardiovascular exercise you can do. And you assign a value based on how difficult you think it is now for it's becoming much more popular for resistance trainer. You use RP a lot in your programs. I use a version. I use RIR. RIR, right. Which is going to be very similar, which in that case you're using it to give clients an idea, not telling them a weight or percentage, but giving them an idea of how many reps they should be doing. What is the rest in reserve? It's, it's just different ways of telling clients what weight they should do. Correct. How heavy they should be going. I I use, I, I integrate it with my percentages, but mostly I use some sort of RPE system in order for them to tell them. And I'm usually in the one to three range. So I want them working at a challenging weight, but not to failure. So exactly. So like an RAR of, of three would be, you want three reps in reserve. So that means you want them, let's say they're going and they get to 10 and they're like, I think I could do four more. So do one more. Correct. Right. And an RPE would be very similar sense that, Hey, I want you doing a seven out of 10, right? right? I want you to do about 70%, which would be about the same as, as having three reps in reserve for this. But so getting back to your workout, if they don't have an RPE number, the client itself yeah. doesn't actually know Correct. how many to use, right? How, Correct. How heavy to go. Which on this, this is why I would say, hey, give me five to eight front squats and then give me 12 to 15 plus shoulder press. Right. I think I'd be just much more efficient in this situation. Right. But other than that, like it's it's not a bad superset. I just think it's inefficiently implemented here. Um, so I'm not not horrible with it. The next one is is where it's the first major critique I have is they do a, a kettlebell straddle squat for eight reps, which is basically a sumo squat. Um, holding the kettlebell like a like a deadlift and a pendulum row with a barbell. Traditionally, with supersets, you want to put the harder exercise first. What is harder, a pendulum bent over row or a kettlebell straddle squat? One hundred percent the pendulum. One hundred percent the pendulum yeah. row, right? One hundred percent, right? You want to make sure that you have rest prior to the harder exercise for to ensure that you have the stability that you need to execute the movement correctly and reducing your trunk stability right before pendulum rows is not a recommendation I would make because you need to be super locked in before you pull that bar off the floor. And even pendulum rows, I think, are more difficult than regular bent over row because right. you have to reset between every rep. Right. So and for the audience, the pendulum row comes off the floor where the bent over rows kind of hangs like mid shin, you would call it? Cor- correct. Like a bent over row, you would, you're not putting the weight down during your set of eight. On the pendulum row, you're lowering the bar all the way to the floor and resetting and pulling into a bent over row on, on every rep, right. which again, that's a hard movement. Absolutely. I'm not doing that week one, day one with anyone, right? right? right. I'm, I'm rowing in a different fashion on that. So that's the first thing. A pendulum row probably shouldn't be in this program, but if it is, it should be first in this superset. Yeah. And now we start to look back at the first at the first four exercises together. Front squats, standing shoulder press, a kettlebell squat, and a pendulum row. That's a lot of lower back trunk fatigue at this point. Not that you can't handle it, but for a week one, day one, it's just a little, it's a lot, right? Bent over rows for a beginner is aggressive. These four exercises back to back is aggressive. 
I think there's still much more efficient ways of combining these movements. The reps are still eight and eight, right? Are we just doing eight and eight on the whole thing? Or like, is no thought really gone into the, the rep range that much? I th- as you move through your program, it's traditionally better to increase the reps, right? As you move through the energy systems, the kettlebell straddle squat probably won't be that hard. That should be 15 to 20 reps. The pendulum row, if you're doing a row of some kind, should be in that five to eight. If you're doing it first, if you're doing a lighter row, you can, this could be a good, like 20, 20 superset. Right. So they're going three sets, then they rest one minute, then go three sets, then 30 seconds rest in between to do three rounds of that. Is that what I'm seeing? So there? the 30, so the italics 30 seconds rest is that is before the next superset. So that is the built-in rest, which again, something that I love, like, yeah. Hey, take 30 seconds here after your third set of pendulum rows, as you get ready for our third superset, which is three sets again of Bulgarian squats in a Smith machine, eight per side and inclined bench press with dumbbells, eight reps. Yeah. Again, we're on the eight, the eight. So right. not a lot of creativity there. I think at, at front squats, shoulder press, Pendulum row, kettlebell squats, Bulgarian squats, a beginner is completely smoked at this point. Yeah, which takes us back to the initial conversation, which is this a beginner? Are they coming off another cycle? Because just looking at front squats alone, my newbies, when they come in, I wouldn't, I'm not knocking anybody, but I wouldn't dare put them in a front squat position. Not a lot of people are comfortable in that front rack position, right? And they might have to end up in a dead end position. They have to be guided on that. So just to start off with a front squat, Man, you could just simplify this by going into like a goblet position. Correct. There's right. there's a lot of ways to make this more appropriate yeah. for a beginner. I don't want to get too hung up on that that week one day one right. because I, I a lot of people have that, but they don't really yeah. they don't really know. Like we could tear it apart, but I don't think right. that's you know I'm looking at independent of that at, at this point. Yeah. But again, for an advanced person, imagine the weights. Like you're doing eight fronts, three sets of eight front squats at, at seventy five to eighty percent. Eight sets of shoulder presses seventy five to eighty percent. Kettlebell straddle squat is going to be an easy one, but then you're bent pendulum rowing. So now like I'm looking at. I'm front squatting in the 200s for 24 reps, military pressing close to body weight for a lot, and then pendulum rowing like 155-ish for three sets of eight. And now you want me to Bulgarian squat and incline bench press? Like, yeah. this is a hard program. With 30 seconds rest. I think it's a good, like, I think it could be good, right. but it's it's hard. I would have to go lighter on the weight and make it more metabolically taxing Use it more like a barbell conditioning type of workout yeah. than a strength workout. Yeah. So I think like here, I, you want to move the a bench press and a row up and have a push pull as that second superset, yeah. I think is a good option. And then you can pull the, uh, the straddle squat down with the Bulgarian squat. And instead of a straddle squat, I would do lateral lunges because the straddle squats that sumo position. So it is trying to get some of that frontal plane side to side movement, but Bulgarian squat body weight with lateral lunges is a brutal yet fun superset body weight, right? That's all, all you need. Advanced can do it with some weight. That would be how I would, I would reorganize it yeah. a little bit. And then with the incline dump incline bench press with dumbbells, you can go unilateral on that one. So, you know, instead of just doing eight at the same time with both arms, go right, left, right, left. Great way to get beginners because they're only focusing on one. And improves range of motion a little bit more as well. Yeah, yeah it doesn't. Uh, for simplicity's sake, they went eight across the board. But yeah. for the actual purpose, I don't. I don't recognize why. I would have gone probably lighter reps or lower reps on the penley row. Really made that a strength portion of it. And like you said, move that to the beginning as opposed to the, yeah. the back end. I mean, for advanced level, I think you could go. Or for for moderate to advanced, you first exercise is front squats, not a superset. And then you do pendulum row, not a superset, yeah. right? And then you can start playing with your supersets of shoulder press and 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 squats or shoulder press and 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 and. Well, here's another thing: we have shoulder press, vertical press, and then we have incline bench press. All, like 
if we had it's pretty balanced so far mm. except that like that's the first one that we're why are we going incline on that one that would be one time where i would say hey let's stick to flat bench normally i would i would bias towards incline but we're going for a total body we already have a military press let's go flat bench press or flat dumbbell bench press right just to to rest the shoulders a little bit yeah i agree and then on to uh on to our tri set here to finish us off before the cool down three sets one minute rest again of face pull for 10 reps with the cable machine crab walk which is that band lateral walk for 10 per side and then a cable tricep extension i put easy 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 next mm-hmm. to this yeah. right this is just too easy of a these exercises are too easy the rep scheme is too easy yes we're fried at this point of the right. workout but I, I like if you're doing face pulls you should be able to do 20 reps yeah, except for the tricep extension, I would use the other two almost part of my warm up. You could definitely, yeah. like, you could definitely put corrective exercise in that aspect in a warm up, and it'll be better for for most warm ups. Right, get me prepared. I will tell you this: looking at this whole thing, my clients would rate this um, a, a ten on the difficulty scale because they're gonna be shot. <laughs> the stimulus here is overwhelming Correct. if they are following as prescribed. So it is a great workout when they walk out that they're dead. Sometimes. You know, as programmers, we find the difficulty in programming a workout that's going to be effective, but leave them feeling as if they got something out of it. Because even when I do my own workout, sometimes I'm like, especially with upper body, like, damn, I don't necessarily feel taxed. Yeah. So you walk that line between how do I make my clients walk out of the gym feeling like they get their asses kicked as opposed to what physiologically works correct and that's i mean we've had that conversation back at um football we would talk about it where there are coaches you know football coaches sport coaches that want their guys walking out of the weight room feeling like they did arms right so how do you how do you take a football team that doesn't necessarily need to be doing bicep curls for 20 minutes and get them a bicep pump because it needs to satisfy the the head of state right the head football coach and and it is a fine line that you have to walk down because if, if people don't enjoy the workout or if the people who are in charge don't approve Right. Doesn't 100%. matter. Doesn't matter if it's the best workout in the world if no one does it. Yeah. One of the things on our app that we'd use is the RPE. When they walk out, the last thing that they check off is the RPE. And if I get anything below like a six, I'm like hurt personally. Yeah. Like, damn, you didn't go heavy <laughs> enough or you didn't go hard enough yeah. or stop resting so much yeah. because it hurts. As a programmer, you want them to get it feel as they got a great workout. Anything CrossFit works because just, yeah. you know, put an AMRAP on and let them go, go full blow. But I will tell you, they walk out of this, they're going to be shot. Yeah. Really yeah. Are. I mean, their legs are going to be wobbly. For that's sure. for sure. Shoulders probably going to be feeling it. It's not a beginner program. <clears throat> you can modify it to be, to be a bit more of a beginner program, but you know, like for, for this tri set at the end, what would I do? Like, I like the idea of it. It's, it's working on some problem areas with the face poles and the crab walks. And I mean, maybe not problem areas with the tricep extensions, Um but like, I would like to see here some ring rows, some lateral lunges, maybe some rotation. We don't have any uh, trunk rotation yet. We don't have any hamstrings, right? any isolated hamstring flexion yet, whether it's on a physio ball or slide disc. That stuff I would like to see on a, on a finishing tricep. Um, and if you have a physio ball, like doing a set of 20 or 30 hamstring curls is a great just like little metabolic stimulus. You only have to do one or two sets of that and got the hamstrings checked off and the heart rate sure. gets elevated really quickly. Um, and then again, why, why are triceps here? We've already pressed twice. It's, it's like the only exercise body part that we've hit twice really in this workout. And now we're, we're doing tricep extensions again. I think that a little overdone on the triceps, but that's, yeah, that's okay. And we get to the cool down, which I put yay, a cool down because most people don't do <laughs> cool downs. Down, like right. if there's a cool down, great. Like, right. um, ha- like there was a general warm up and a dynamic warm up. That's good. Like it, it, the dynamic warm up was meh, but it, it was there. So I like it. it like the, the thought is there. 
And then when you grade a cool down is does, are you stretching or are you, are the movements in your cool down similar to what you did in the workout, right? Your cool down should almost look like your warm up, which should prep you for the workout. Right, so here we have hip flexor stretches, hamstring stretches, pigeon stretch, child pose. It's not bad, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's not bad. Um, there it's, when you look at the videos included, it's not the, the best way to stretch some of these muscles, but you know what? It's, it's addressing the muscles that you just trained. Yeah. It could, I would do some lunge holds. I would do some, some like scorpion holds on the ground or soup or supine leg crossover holds to work on, on getting the hamstring through those, those longitudinal slings, um, get your pecs, get your lats. But other than that, you know, it, it, it it's not a horrible cool down. And then that ties us back up to the warm up. Does the warm up? Do, do the exercises in the warm-up look like the exercises you're performing? So if you have front squats, are you forward lunging? Are you goblet squatting? No, right? We're pressing. Do we have push-ups? No. We're rowing. Do we have lat activation stuff? Not really, right? So the warm-up's on the right track, but it's well short of of what I would want there. I mean, overall, my notes for this workout, it is a, it's a, it's an, it's an okay, it's good entry-level understanding of what a total body workout should be, yeah. right? There are different, there's different lower body movements in different planes, there's different pushing, there's different pulling, but it really, it falls short on truly comprehending what this exercise program should be to be efficient, to get the most out of it. Um, you know, we said it's, it's going to smoke people. This is one where someone's going to do it and not come back probably for a second session. You know, it's like on an under undergraduate level, on like a freshman level, I'd be happy with this because their mind's definitely in the right, right space. Right. Absolutely. That's I wonder, I wonder sometimes too, like how much when people are putting a program together, one, how much thought goes into it? Like how much actual dedicated thought is going into it? Because sometimes I'll see things in like this one in particular, again, it's not bad, but I wonder like, is it? It almost feels like they were just kind of like throwing stuff at it. And that's it. You know, like, you know, in CrossFit, the idea is uh, varied, mm. but not random. This one seems like a little bit of random, but like some thought went into, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Yeah. No, you like the, like, you can tell they're, all right, we have to do a squat. We have to do a lunge. We have to do a vertical press, a horizontal press. We have to do a row. Like, you can see that, that thought process there. But then, yeah, the exercise selection. I think you nailed it. The exercise selection is kind of like, what did I do yesterday? I'm putting that in. Yeah. 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 I think that people find themselves, or I should say programmers slash influencers find the pressure of social media to do cool shit. That's way too advanced for a beginner, even an intermediate stuff. And again, I go back to the two one, the two glaring ones here are the front squats and the penley row. If I was just to describe or at least assign a penlay row to some to most of my clients without a video or instructions, they would have no clue. They would go straight to YouTube and Google what a penlay row is because it's fairly advanced movement yes. when I could get the same thing from a Benaro row, which more people understand, a single arm row, yep. even a machine row, as opposed to a penlay row would probably be in my fifth or sixth cycle with somebody where now we've advanced, we've given enough stimulus, they're not getting the, what I, the response that I want from the bent over row and then throw them into a yep. penalty row type of thing. Which there were videos included. Oh, there in were. This. Okay, and good. There was a video before every single exercise. Good. So there are definitely Very pros important. to how they deliver this program. Okay, great. Right? Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's not a bad delivery. Yeah. Um, it needs to improve on on weight recommendation, on RPE, mon on any sort of monitoring and tracking. It didn't ask for how was how did I feel after the workout. Right. But in terms of giving you the workout in order with timers, with videos, it was yeah. all there. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I, I Again, I, I think that's highly important. And 
to the programmers and influencers out there, just don't feel the pressure of Instagram. Yeah. Stay off of it if you can, because you're going to want to copy. And what happens is their clients see other people. And this happens to me. My clients see exercises, whether it's, you know, it happens on both ends, nutrition, sleep, and, and exercise. And they forward me the video. <laughs> And I'll either put a LOL or I'll put an eye roll or I'll put a check mark. Like, got it. I understand you're not going to sway me. I'm not going to yeah. <laughs> introduce these Bosu Boss one-legged squats because you saw something cool on Instagram. But I could see the pressure that a lot of these, you know, programmer influencers find themselves in to do the cool big-time movements when maybe their clients aren't ready for it. Yeah. And I think a lot of the a lot of you people starting out with programming trying to get clients you you'll realize that stick to the tried and true methods and you might not get as many new clients but you'll keep the clients that you have yeah retention is huge right and that's the that's the biggest burnout for for trainers is <clears throat> is getting new clients right the the keep, if you can keep your clients awesome yeah. right it's tougher to get new clients so don't worry about like don't worry about doing cool exercise to get new clients do what your existing clients need yeah let them be the word of mouth out there absolutely awesome rob good job man thank you very cool